You are Locked On Lakers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Lakers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're live. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers live edition podcast. It's a Lakers Outsiders Locked On Lakers crossover. I am Anthony Irwin. I'm just realizing that's a really awkward angle. Uh, I am joined tonight by Grant Goldberg. I'm going left to right, my side. Honey, I, I can't even, I can't even, get an, I'm not going to try to pronounce it. Internet. <laughs> Internet. I just realized I've never hosted a show with you like on the show where I've had to say your last name before. Uh, so Basically what you're saying is I'm a one-name superstar like a Kobe. Lonzo. Uh, LeBron. Lonzo. Yeah. Fabio. Exactly. Fabio. <laughs> Except he just cut his hair, so it doesn't quite work. Oh, well. <laughs> and then the, the last guy chiming in there at the very end is Jacob. Uh, how are you going to be so rude? How's All it going? Right, well, I'm out, guys. <laughs> How's everybody how doing? Never made <laughs> Uh, so the Lakers, uh, the, the Lakers lose a. I'm I, I'm not going to quite call it a tough one. I'm not going to you know it's, it's I'm not going to say it was frustrating. It would have been nice to beat the Warriors, uh, given the setting. Steph may or may not have been dinged up, uh, but he looked perfectly fine in the overtime. So I'm I'm going to go ahead and call it a full strength Golden State Warriors team. And they took him to overtime, and they did that without Kyle Kuzma and with Brooke Lopez still being on milk cartons all across the Southland. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. Basically, the way today's show is going to go, we're going to start with Brandon Ingram talk. Uh, it may or may not feature a bunch of laughing at me. We are going to then go from there to some Lonzo talk. I would argue this was his best game of the season so far. We're going to then talk about Julius Randle, and that's going to lead us into a discussion about starters versus bench. And then finally, at the very end, we're going to widen the scope and talk about the Lakers as a whole on a on a wider scale. As always, right now you're listening on, on YouTube or wherever you might be listening. As always, you can find the show on Megaphone slash Panoply, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Today's Fast Break, Spotify, Alexa, Lakers Nation, and Lakers Outsiders. I'm going to start with you, Grant. Actually, I'm going to start with all three of you. You guys have you guys have ten seconds, or however love, however long you want to take to just laugh at me for my Brandon Ingram takes. <laughs> Could you imagine somebody calling Brandon Ingram a bust? Couldn't be me. <laughs> In fairness, I never, I never called him a bust. <laughs> But uh, so so Jacob, I feel like you were the loudest, especially after the game on Twitter, about <laughs> pointing out everybody who wanted to who wanted to call Brandon Ingram a bus. So so I'll give you the floor. On were you just wiping butter all over yourself throughout the whole game? Like like how how did you take in Brandon Ingram going for thirty two against the defending champions of the National Basketball Association? 
Uh, I, my shirt was actually off, waving around my door, <laughs> my uh, pants, doing laps around the house. Um, no, that was incredible. Like, that was, I mean, by far his best game, obviously. Uh, and it wasn't even the points that was the most impressive play. It was the steal he had of Durant at the end that, I mean, he was just doing everything tonight. Uh, the Lakers were going to him late in the game. Um for the most part, he was converting. That was incredible. That's and he's twenty. Like for a twenty-year-old, uh, ignoring all the people who may or may not have called him a bust. I mean, just for a twenty-year-old to score thirty-two points on the defending champions on Kevin Durant, yeah, is incredible. Yeah, that 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 last part especially stuck out to me. And honey, if let's say Brandon Ingram played for. I don't know who's the like the Sacramento Kings, right? If he played for the Kings, he would be getting talked about in, in terms of like not necessarily unicorn because he doesn't fit that 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 prototype of player, but he would be getting talked about no in a completely different tone than he has been recently, right? Yeah, I mean he's a super unique, versatile player. I think actually the guy, uh, you know, he's not a unicorn, but the guy you can kind of compare him to is the guy that was taken one spot ahead of him and Ben Simmons mm-hmm. is a big dude who can handle the ball, who can score. Um, he doesn't have a, a just to get to the rim and score at will there. And he's kind of improving as a passer. He's not as good as Simmons in that area, but he, he does set up the offense fairly well. He does a lot of good things. And with the late scrutiny, um, your game is under the microscope a lot more and, and, the negatives tend to shine more than the positives. Mm-hmm. But so far this year, outside of like a couple of games, he's been consistently great. And tonight was just on a different level where you kind of looked at him. And I think, at least for me, I think this was the first time where I looked at him and I was like, this guy's going to be a future superstar. Grant, I guess uh, before the game, they were talking about how how Durant was giving advice to to Ingram on on Killer Instinct and, and this and that and the other, and then during the game, Dur- uh, Ingram hit Durant three times in the face. Uh, do you think he took that, Do you think he took that advice a little too literally? Well, he had that advice, and don't forget he spent a, uh, he spent a year last year with Metal World Peace, and so that that wrote. <laughs> In a couple different ways, but I think it's worth mentioning how Brandon Ingram kind of got up in the game versus the 76ers when he went up against Ben Simmons, a guy he was tied to, and then now another guy he was tied to, Kevin Durant, he got up in a similar way. But I mentioned earlier tonight that you know if, if the Lakers are ever going to have a shot in this game, you know, he's going to need to piece together a whole game performance. And that's what we saw him do tonight, and he had his best game. And so I think we've seen a couple of transformations from uh, from a little while ago. So we have, you know, a conversation about Brandon Ingram early last year. Is he a bust or is he does he need more time? And now this year, it's like, all right, well, who is he going to be? Giannis Antetokounmpo or, or Kevin Durant? Um, and then we saw another transformation tonight. Uh, Anthony Anthony and his his Brandon Ingram take before the season. And then Anthony tonight shutting down Sports Center in favor of Brandon Ingram. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're seeing everything just to a complete 180. So it's 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 great to see for Brandon Ingram's sake, for Anthony's sake, 
for Anthony's mention's sake. <laughs> and so it, it's, it's, it should be a happy night for Lakers Twitter. It is funny how drunk the narrative has been about this kid, right? Like it's gone from he's definitely going to be a bust. I came into this season hoping to see an NBA skill from him. Uh, we've seen more than enough of that. And then now <laughs> he's immediately swinging the other way to, oh, well, it took a little while for Giannis to develop, right? And and Kevin Durant <laughs> was skinny when he came into the league. And it's just, we can't we can't let Ingram be Ingram. We just, we just have to go to these far ends of the spectrum because that's how analysis, especially with young players, kind of goes. Jacob, where do you think it, it eventually lands? And do you think it gets to that place at the end of this season? Do you think we'll, do you think we'll get a reasonable uh, understanding across all of, of uh, not all of, because you're never going to get any of that across all of Twitter, but do you think we'll get a reasonable understanding of what this kid could be by the end of the year? I mean, it's hard to say for like the same like point I made earlier in that like he's still 20. Like there's so much room for him to grow. I mean, we <clears throat> we saw the way Joel Embiid is dominating the league and he's three years older than Brandon Ingram. Mm -hmm. And it's stuff like that where you just kind of have to keep reminding yourself of that. Um, I think – I mean, I do think we'll have a better idea, but I mean, I don't, I don't know how concrete it'll be though, because I mean, he still has a jumper that he's working on that he's kind of, I don't want to say ditched, but he's kind of put on the back burner. Um, and instead it's just driving to the rim relentlessly. And, but you kind of have something like that kind of sitting, um, like I said, on the back burner there, that could be just another aspect added to his game. We've seen him as a point guard before. I don't know. I don't know that we'll really have – I think we will have a better idea. I just don't know how, as I said, kind of concrete it'll be because he just has so much potential, not even considering his age, just like his physical makeup and his skill set. There's just so much potential there. What – Let's say so. I I would tend to agree. I don't think we're going to get anything concrete. But Hani, do you think we need? Do you think the Lakers need something concrete, considering how drastically they're hoping to improve this roster this coming off season? Um, I don't think they need anything concrete because I think, like you guys have mentioned, he's showing enough just different skills and and all these you know spot games where, where he's going off and kind of dominating games at times and putting the team on his back. I think that's enough for you to know that he's at least going to be a good player. You, there's no way for us to know if he's going to be a superstar without uh, like the concrete proof. But um, I think it's pretty clear at this point that unless something goes horribly wrong, that he's going to be a really, really solid player and going to play a lot of years in the league. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree. Uh, Grant, any final thoughts on on Ingram tonight? We talked a lot about his offense, but I thought he was almost as impactful on on the defensive side, and that's one of the things that again, it's kind of tough to to really talk about defense with with most casual fans on on Twitter or or wherever you might be. Uh, but but defensively, he's learned to utilize his length in ways that has really impacted the game. Yeah, and, and like you said, it's hard to talk about 
defense in in a capacity on Twitter with fans because you know they look at the the points scored in the game and say, oh, no defense was played in that game. Mm-hmm. Moments of the game, and you see Brandon Ingram, and you can encapsulate his game defensively tonight with how he pressured Kevin Durant and poked the ball away and and got to the rim for uh, two free throws. But that wouldn't do his defensive game any justice because he played the passing lanes. He uh, contested shots with his length. And so, you know, it it's everything that we build him to do coming out of Duke. But, you know, last year he, he kind of struggled with that and with the with the speed of NBA players. But now you're seeing him get stronger and and he he doesn't get backed in as much. And so you, he's utilizing all his skills that we he, we thought he'd have. He's putting them on display. And then I just, one one quick thought offensively is that now we've seen how aggressive he can be at home, but in order for him to you know really make that impact for the Lakers going forward and, and for it to show up in the wins and loss categories is is really for him to turn it on the road and be that go to guy who can who can flat out go get a bucket. And I, I think that jumper is coming along. You see him still shooting it long with that catapult release a couple times, but he he's confident in taking that. And you see him, you see him uh, drive and then pull up and hit a jumper at the at the free throw line tonight. And so I, I think it's just those little little improvements over that jumper that will slowly bring it along. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, the way he's shooting three pointers this year looks completely differently from how he shot it. Last year, last year was more of a, an actual jumper. This year, he's shooting more of a set shot. It'll be interesting as he gets stronger because that's kind of the consensus, right? That eventually he's going to get stronger. So it'll be interesting to see what that shot looks like. Will he shoot more of a a quick release set shot? Will he try to shoot, go back to the jumper that didn't give him very much success last year? But like Jacob alluded to, that's all stuff that, he ha- he's laying the foundation right now, and and now we have something. Now Ingram has something, and the coaches have something to build off of moving forward. Really exciting game from Ingram. Good on him for, for playing the way he did. Uh, I wanted to talk now about Lonzo Ball, who quietly dropped a 15-point 10 assist game. Uh, I'm looking forward to CBS's article tomorrow about his empty uh, statistic <laughs> numbers. And that, that's going to be really fun to, to take in. Uh, but <clears throat> look, on one hand, you know, we joked earlier about how <laughs> Sports Center put up a tweet and then apparently deleted the tweet uh, about how Lonzo fought hard to the end, even though Ingram was by far the better player on the Lakers tonight. Uh, all that stuff aside, I thought this was Lonzo's best game of the season. And I saw multiple people pointing this out on Twitter and I started noticing it as well. His length was, I'm not going to say giving Steph Curry issues because I don't think it's possible to give Steph Curry issues, but he was definitely making Curry think a little bit. Uh, Grant, I'm going to go right back to you on this one again. From from what you saw from Lonzo tonight, this was the kind of game that people who were excited about Lonzo, this is the kind of game that we were hoping for night in, maybe not night in, night out from Lonzo, but but this is the kind of the the mean effort that you were hoping for as the year went on. The the kind of performance that you can see on any given night from him. Yeah. 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 And then yeah, it, you see. I think his defensive impact has been far better than we thought it was going to be before the year started. And you know, we see him use his length to even 
just be that switchy guy. We saw it a few times in the fourth quarter where they just switched effortlessly and it created a lot of turnovers for Golden State. And so it just just being able to switch and use Lonzo's length to guard, you know, players almost one through four on any given night is super helpful for the Lakers. It it, it adds so much flexibility. And, you know, I'd agree it's it's probably his his best game as a Laker. And I'd I'd say Arguably, he's the third best Laker tonight behind uh, Brandon Ingram and Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. And so that just speaks to the kind of performance we saw from the Lakers' young guys. And, and you know, if, if you're watching this game and you, and you think anything other than, damn, this team's future is, is bright, then I don't know what you're watching. 100% agree. Hani, in, on, on the offensive side of things, I'm a, I'm a shot nerd. I, I, really, I really enjoy the mechanics that go into a shot and what makes somebody consistent. Even if their shot is weird like Lonzo, hmm. there are things that you look for that are going to make him more successful as a shooter the way he shoots it. Did you see any difference tonight, or was it just a confidence thing, do you think? Uh, I think the confidence is probably the biggest part. I did see some people also noticing this, but um, him hopping into his shots, especially from deep, I think that helps him a lot to keep his balance and kind of keep that consistency in his uh, shooting motion, like you said. But um, yeah, I think I think for me, the biggest thing is him being able to you know, get a couple looks to go down and then all of a sudden he builds that confidence up and he plays a lot more aggressively and, and he takes open shots and he uh, attacks the rim a lot more. Um, and quietly he's been shooting the ball a lot better recently. I think like the last three games, he's shot the ball pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he can kind of keep that going and that, you know, I think that confidence kind of builds up from game to game and, and that might help him turn the corner a little bit. Jacob, it was really important. I would say for him to have this kind of game at home, right? Because that's kind of been his bugaboo this season is that he's done okay away. He's played okay. Uh, it, his better games have been on the road, but for whatever reason, when he gets out uh, in front of the Lakers crowd, he tends to struggle a little bit. Do you think this is the th- kind of thing that he can build off of moving forward, or do you think it's not even worth making that kind of point right now? Let's just take it game by game kind of thing. No, I think there's some um, benefits to doing it at home. I, I mean – Everybody's kind of alluded to this, and I think it's probably the consensus at this point is that it's it's all mental with him, um, with his shot. I mean, Luke had a quote after the game where he said Lonzo's been shooting lights out in practice. Um, it's just whenever he <clears throat> gets on the court for whatever reason right now, he's in a slump. Um, so breaking out of it, at least to some degree, knocking down um, – multiple three-pointers at home, just kind of getting the fans behind you and kind of almost like reminding yourself that you can hit threes. I I know that seems weird, but just kind of getting that feeling back, kind of getting back in the groove. uh, I I certainly think there's some value to that. Um, Absolutely. I would would, Go ahead. Well, yeah, I was just going to say the one other thing about uh, the defense that I noticed that you mentioned. It was also interesting – I mean, I know Luke wants to switch all the screens and whatnot. It was interesting at the end of the game, the Warriors were basically running the same kind of set over and over with Steph and Draymond and KD kind of setting screens and whatnot. And it was interesting how kind of just comfortable the Lakers were with just switching Lonzo onto KD and Draymond at different times. Um, 
it, it his length definitely I don't know if it necessarily like you said bugged Steph but like Steph noticed him if that makes mm-hmm. sense. He has a noticeable length. I mean like phrasing but like it's noticeable. <laughs> <laughs> um and it, like I would I would agree with Honey like it's noticeable how confident he was even handling the ball, even yeah. taking it into into the paint and whether he'd pass it off or you know, throw up a floater even just one time, you know, that's that's a lot different from when we've seen him play earlier in the year at home. And just seeing the ball go in the basket at home at Staples Center, I think is going to do a lot for him mentally. That that was kind of the, the larger point that I took from this is that he now has that in his back pocket. He can look to that success that he had tonight, especially against that team, mm-hmm. and can kind of say moving forward, all right, I can I can – those first, you know, however many home games that he's played so far, just like Mike D'Antoni, it's a new season now, right? We can, <laughs> we can, we can move forward. The The last thing that I wanted to add about Lonzo, too, uh, I, I, I want him to get used to trying to elevate over the rim. I've seen now every – I follow a few national writers, and every time they watch – Lonzo for the first time, they think they they at least one of them will tweet out something along the lines of, "Wow, I was surprised at the way he was able to get up on that play." Right? It happens like every every game that some new national writer tunes into the Lakers, and I think that has a lot to do with the fact that he does get blocked a lot at the rim, and you know I th- I don't think this is something that he's going to be able to build on right now, but as the year goes along and then into next off season he needs to go away from that swoop kind of finger roll that he uses and just try to get above the rim because he's capable of it. He just, for whatever reason, decides not to go that way. Uh, any other points on Lonzo before we move on? Yeah, no, yeah. We, we just, we, we see him go up to the rim and mm-hmm. yeah, he, ne- he just needs to use that bounce because we see it and we saw multiple lob attempts, no matter how drunk they were tonight, <laughs> they, we saw a couple lob attempts and Lonzo, you know, I wouldn't say effortlessly got up again, over the rim, but you know, it looked pretty easy for him. Yeah. yeah. He just kind of floats up there. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of cool to watch the, the I forgot. I was, I can't lie. I was kind of filibustering to make a point when I started talking last time. But the one thing I did want to say and build off of Jacob's point, especially defensively, when you were talking about their comfort level switching and doing whatever, it's kind of insane that I was a lot more comfortable about the Lakers defensively against the Warriors than I was offensively oh, down the stretch of that game. 100%. That's, that's bleeping bananas. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> if you would have told me, if you would have told me before the season that the Lakers are going to be in overtime against the Warriors and need stop bucket kind of situations, and I thought to myself, you know. I think they can get a stop. I just don't know if they can score in the half court. I would have called everybody nuts. <laughs> there were the. This is possibly also me having an incredible amount of confidence in my large adult son. But when Julius Randle was switched onto Steph and KD, both times I was like, okay, I kind of, I'm not too worried about this matchup. Where like, I would have never believed I would. And both times he forced misses. He forced a Steph air ball and he forced KD to miss. Yep. So it was just like that that was bizarre. When they come down it would be like okay, well, we have a chance here to if not I mean there were a couple times that they played good defense on 
KD and he just hit a ridiculous shot. Yeah. But I mean, just they. I knew that they were going to play good defense. That is not something I would have ever imagined. I would have said, <laughs> and I, I think a lot, of, a lot of it's a lot of it starts with Randall, and and we've seen his transformation. Not like especially on the perimeter. I think that should be talked about a lot more. But you know, even at the rim, you know, he's blocking yeah. a lot of shots, and we saw him just deny Looney tonight, and he played Kevin Love esque defense on Steph, and <laughs> and forced a bad miss on on Kevin Durant. And so I you know I don't feel like I, I don't hesitate calling him the second best Laker tonight. And this is a game where you know Brandon Ingram dropped thirty-two, Lonzo had an easy t- fifteen and ten. Even Jordan Clarkson had seventeen, eight, and six. Like <laughs> yeah. this was a this was a great game from the young guys. One uh, absolutely. Uh, I, I'm glad we were talking about Julius Randle because that's the guy I wanted to talk about next. Hani, when you're watching Julius Randle out there. I had this conversation with somebody the other day, um, and and he asked me who I think the who who above all the other players that the Lakers have on their roster, I would choose to keep moving forward. And I said Ingram at the time, and then he said that you know his his it, one of the other people that he had this conversation with uh, said Randall, and I thought about it for a second, and it it makes a lot of sense because if Randall can play this kind of defense and guard one through five. There are what three, four, five guys like that in the entire NBA yeah. on a night where, like, like Grant talked about, Ingram goes off for for thirty two, uh, Clarkson has a quiet seventeen, Lonzo plays his best game of the year. But I thought the reason the Lakers were in this one tonight was because of Julius Randle. Absolutely, and I think that's been the case pretty much all year. Um, he's been to me, the biggest reason why they have a top 10 defense through 20 games of the season, which is something that none of us expected at all. Um, like Dylan likes to keep bragging about the fact that he had a um, hot take that the Lakers would have a top 20 defense, and that was optimistic, and we all laughed at him about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's been the key cog in that because, like you said, he's just super versatile. He can go out on the perimeter and he can like lock guys down for a possession or two like he did against Steph who's one of the best ball handler handlers and shooters in the NBA um and then he can go to the rim and he can um one he can guard pretty much anybody that tries to post them up like nobody can move him and then he can also protect the rim and block guys and it's just been this amazing transformation from him uh for a guy that was pretty much awful uh, defensively the last couple of years. But credit to him for putting in the work. He's He's been in great shape and, and actually playing fundamentally sound. And it's just been just amazing to watch him improve on that end. Jacob, the, one of the more popular tweets that I sent, the most popular tweet that I sent tonight when I was tweeting from Lakers Outsiders was uh, you up. YG Trace, right? <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was that was the most popular tweet. But the second most, and it was close, was I basically I said the Lakers cannot trade Julius Randle, right? They cannot trade Julius Randle. It's reached a point where, in my opinion, he's damn near untouchable. And you have to do whatever you possibly can to make sure that if if it, if you're talking about sacrificing a player or an asset so that the Lakers have a chance at signing Paul George or signing LeBron in the coming offseason, Julius Randle has played himself to a point where he can't 
he can't be that asset that you sacrificed. Now the question remains though, is this contract year Julius Randle or do you trust this development moving forward? I am 100% in the same boat um, because it's essentially going, I mean, you have to assume that they'll get rid of Luol Deng some way and it's basically going to come down. Do you keep Clarkson or do you keep Julius Randle because their cap holds or salaries are going to be the same um, this summer. And I don't think – I mean, Jordan Clarkson has played great this year. You can find somebody that does what Jordan Clarkson does for cheaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't find somebody that does what Julius Randle has been doing um, hardly at all, let alone yeah. for whatever price it, he's going to – uh, command he has been unreal this year um in a way i mean it i i've kind of thought about this a couple times just watching him and some of the stuff he's done this year he's become kind of our draymond green um the yeah. way defensively he's defending the rim so much better he's switching out on people uh but i mean the way i notice is some of the passes he's been making just in the half court um, setting up guys and stuff. He's become just like the key part of our team. He may not have like tonight. He didn't have the most points. Um, he may not even sometimes reach double digit scoring, but the team is different when he's out there. Um, and that's the same type of effect that Draymond has on the, on the, uh, Warriors. Draymond is 27 right now. Julius Randle is 23. Yeah. He just turned 23 today. Yeah, Right. He just turned. That's a good point. He just turned 23 today. And I mean, if you're looking at guys who impacted that game, he was right there with Draymond in terms of the way he impacted. He probably, I I thought he played better than Draymond did tonight. Now I'm biased, obviously, uh, (laughs) but, but that's how I felt about that. Now, Grant, to, to get back or, or to put a, a tie a bow on this conversation regarding Randall, it, it's getting like it, it, it was a, it was annoying early on. It it's, it was kind of tedious and then it's just kind of growing in annoyance as the season has, 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 as we've gotten to this point, but like he needs to play more minutes. And, yes. and, and it doesn't matter if it's Kuzma who's if, it, if Kuzma and Nance, and Brooke Lopez are all healthy. He needs minutes, period. Right. And even tonight, he had the fifth most minutes on the team. And that's, he still needed more minutes. He put, only played 31, and most of the starters played at least 40. So mm-hmm. you, you that's look in at an that, overtime game. So, yeah, that's in an overtime. But uh, you, you look at Randall, and there's not a game, I mean, maybe one or two games this season where he's, you know, taking a night off. We've seen him have that transformation with his body over the summer, but we've seen him also have that mental transformation to just turn on a switch and keep it on for the whole game. And so whenever he gets on the floor, you know, we're seeing a positive impact the whole time. And so I, I'm, I'm fully for starting Julius Randle, actually, because we, we are notorious slow starters, and you know they can't get out the gate without falling behind in the first quarter. And we've seen now how that impacts their record. I don't know if it's more coincidence than um, than it being a sure thing that they lose, but 
you know, maybe having that energy and, and starting off the game with Randall on the floor might be a positive impact. That said, Randall is, you know, a fantastic small ball five. And we see how versatile the defense gets. But, you know, any anyways, I, I think that, you know, it was kind of a blessing in disguise that Kuzma had the back spasms tonight because we got to see Julius Randle for an extended period of time. But, and yeah, any way you can do it, whether it be at the sacrifice of Nance's minutes, because, you know, when you look at it in these past two games that Nance has been back, you know, Randall's outplayed him by a large margin in my mind. And even though Luke Walton wants to play favorites and, and say that, you know, the Lakers <laughs> need to do the small things and picks out the one guy that's known for doing the small things, and I, it's it's like hashtag it. Yeah, no, it's 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 <laughs> it's disappointing to see that. And I know a lot of fans have been disappointed with Luke Walton. And I'm sure we're going to get into that later. But Randall needs more minutes. Period. Yeah, and well, and, and, well to to get to to I'm just going to add to this to your point that you made a second ago regarding roster construction moving forward. The question becomes: I think we we all agree that it's going to be really tough, if not impossible, to replace what Randall could become if he is the small ball five who can guard one through five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we think Josh Hart can become Jordan Clarkson? I would probably say yes. Right? He can become- Defensive, defensively, he's already, you know, at least on par, if not ahead of him. Right. Yeah. So, so it becomes a pretty easy arithmetic to pull off there if you're talking about which direction the Lakers should go on, go in, if they have to clear off this, this uh, cap space, go ahead, Jacob, what the, what the point you're going to make. Well, it was just building off the Randall needs to play more point. Uh, tonight is only the third time he's played at, uh, over 30 minutes. Um, and combined in those three games, he is plus 43. Yeah. He's a team. high of plus 11 tonight. So if, if someone has Luke Walton's address, uh, send it our way. We just want to talk. We just want to talk. We're not. We're not done. We we know. We know. Luke Walton knows people. He brought that up last year against Milwaukee. We we know he's got some goons waiting. So we we're just gonna have a nice conversation and uh, see where that ends up in uh, getting Randall minutes. Uh, all right. So so regarding minutes for Randall and and the starters, there's a pretty damning stat of of what should be a priority moving forward for the Lakers because look, Nance has brought it up. Walton has confirmed it. Other guys have brought it up across the roster. They are thinking playoffs with this team and the Western conference, which looked insanely daunting to start, right? Uh, Oklahoma city is underperforming. The Clippers are all dead. Uh, the, 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 the Utah jazz have not been what we thought that they might be. Uh, even, <clears throat> Denver has sustained an injury with with Paul Millsap, so I'm not I'm I'm not going to sit here and say that I would predict the Lakers could make the playoffs. Nor would I even say that I would predict that the Lakers would be in the playoff discussion a month with a month left in the season. I think they'll be out of it by a month left in the season. But if this is a priority for them, they should really start looking at their lineup data, <laughs> and and they should really start looking at this stat right here. And this is via our own Ty Long. Uh, who says I'm well? He he winds up being correct. Uh, he thinks the the Lakers are seven and one in games that they led after the first quarter. The one loss came against the Raptors, so starts are imperative for him. And then uh, run the run the jewels at run the jewels uh, says was curious, so he took a look after tonight's game. The Lakers are one and twelve 
in games where they were behind after the first quarter. The lone win again came against the the Bulls, who are the Bulls. So <laughs> it, it those numbers right there, and, and it's a semi small sample size, right? We're still looking at about nine or twenty one games at, at this point. Uh, the Lakers, based on those numbers alone, should be prioritizing these starts a little bit more, right? Mm-hmm. So at what point? Jacob, would you would you really look at maybe not starting a Brook Lopez, or if you are going to start him, maybe only sticking to like five minutes, uh, a cheap five minutes there, a cheap five minutes here? Um, well, it, it, I mean, now would be my answer, uh, <laughs> but I mean, it, it's it's kind of concerning because this was a problem the Lakers had last year with for quite a while with last year's starting lineup, and it just never changed. Um, yeah, tonight they were, in 16 minutes as a unit, they were a minus 10, and that's that's a reoccurring trend. Um, it just, it, it's kind of frustrating because we spent a lot of the summer talking about um, even just something like how good Randall and Lopez would be together and then they just don't play together or um, we saw how good Kuzma was with the starters and then he immediately goes to the bench and it's stuff like that Um, so I mean yeah as I said something needs to change I don't know if you I mean to me Nance is probably the one I would take out but they still kind of struggled um Whenever Kuzma was there, it'd be hard to bench Brooke Lopez. Um, I mean, ideally, you would, and you'd probably start Randall and Kuzma. But, I mean, you, you have to do something. This is, at this point, I mean, you have what's essentially, I mean, it, it's 21 games now, so uh, a quarter of the season, basically. Um, I think that's a large enough sample size in this situation to say, you know, hey, maybe um, switch up the starting lineup a little bit. Or maybe it's like Byron and he just wants a very specific 25-game sample size to figure out what – and then he'll just change the entire starting not lineup. Not 24, not yeah. 26. <laughs> until until Brooke Lopez throws a shoe at somebody, like we're going to have to wait and see what they do with them. Honey, so it was – I found it – I one of the things that I was thinking about given the team that the Lakers played tonight was look, the Warriors don't start their best five players, right? They start Zaza Pachulia, who yeah. is widely renowned as, as garbage. <laughs> that was, that's almost all-star Zaza Pachulia to you. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. He's closer to being an all-star than I'll ever be. So, so I'll give him that, but the Warriors do not start their best five guys, but everybody knows who their best five is that that Hamptons five five lineup and it was kind of interesting it was when it got late in regulation I was thinking to myself okay just just outlast them just get to you know put yourself in a situation where it's only one shot to decide it at the very end the Lakers were able to do that but when it went into overtime and and you knew you were going up against 10 straight minutes basically of the Hamptons five it wasn't going to turn out well Mm -hmm. so if you had if you had to go with and I'm kind of putting you on the spot but if you had to go with your Hamptons 5 lineup for the Lakers which direction would you go in 
I think the best lineup all year, and I think this is like eye test wise, uh, I think it kind of backs it up, well. has always been uh, Lonzo, um, KCP, Ingram, Kuzma, and Randall. And then on any given night, you can kind of change that up. If KCP is not playing well, you can put in Clarkson for him. Uh, if Kuzma's not playing today, I think the lineup they went with, uh, that was their best one tonight, was Clarkson subbed in for Kuzma, basically, in that same lineup. So they went three guards, had Ingram as a four, and Randall as a five. Which is super uh, interesting to watch. I, I, yeah. I like the lineup a lot. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of ball handlers, uh, a lot of good passers, and, and decent shooting. Um, so, yeah, I think with the Lakers, their best bet is to have disruptive guys on defense that can create turnovers so that they can run and get easy buckets because their half-court offense with any lineup just isn't going to be very good, even with the small ball lineup that has better shooting. Mm -hmm. So um, that's what I would prioritize. And, like, Brooke Lopez, I think, is going to be starting for multiple reasons, uh, one of them just being the politics of, you know, a veteran guy and you don't want to piss off his agent, basically. Um, and the other being that it's kind of tough to play like Randall as your center from the get go because it's just going to wear him wear him out. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know exactly how they could change the li uh, lineup. I think Nance is the most obvious answer, but you kind of run into some troubles with the rotation there too. Um, I think to me, I would maybe like st stick with the starting lineup, but just be a lot more quicker on the trigger in terms of swapping Nance out and bringing Randall or Kuzma. Yeah, I I would I would tend to agree, Grant. They just the, the roster is deep enough that there's no reason why the starters, if they are going to stick with these starters, should ever be last past the seven minute mark. Yeah, no, I think that the the Lakers should follow the the Warriors example with how they handle Zaza Pachulia and you know have them in for that first five minutes of the game and first five minutes of the third quarter, but then just use them sparingly. I mean, we saw Brooke Lopez tonight. In 17 minutes, you know, he was like two for six and was a team worse, negative 15. Like his plus minus was ass. Um, <laughs> we, we, we see him and he just, That's the he technical struggled. term, right? That's the analytical <laughs> term. <laughs> right. No, we, we I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm trying to follow the example set by our future president, Joel Embiid. Um, but, but we see, we see Brooke Lopez and he, like, if he doesn't have that three ball, he doesn't really fit in with the starting lineup where any of the guys on the roster, the way it's built, because this roster is built to run and it's built to get these open looks and these quick, these quick looks and move around the ball. And if he's, you know, just setting up and, and, and shooting these three pointers and, and missing by a wide margin, you know, the case slowly, it slowly gets bigger to have him sit on the bench more. But like Connie said, there's politics in it and that, you know, you don't want to piss off his agent or you look at his contract and the piece they gave away for him for. So mm -hmm. there's, there's, there's multiple reasons why, you know, they're going to keep him in there, but every game you're seeing more and more reasons to have him play less. Yeah. It's tough because we're basically comparing Brooke Lopez to Zaza Pachulia, right? Which is, yeah. which is just rude, really. <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's just a big thing to do. Uh, but but given the ro roster construct and like you said, Grant, like the the one thing, it was about, I would say about four minutes into the fourth quarter, and the Lakers got a stop, 
and slowed the ball down. And I was just going nuts at home because I just, they aren't going to be able to score in the half half court against just about anybody, let alone this Warriors team. And that's kind of what it turns into with the starters is that you'd like to get out and punch whichever, you know, Bobby Porters, whoever you're playing uh, (laughs) as soon as the game starts. And you're not able to do that because they play so much in the half court. And uh, that's, that's where I think that's, you know, it's, 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 it's like you put it, honey, that the eye test is matching up with the numbers and we know exactly why that team isn't succeeding. It's just a matter of other people, Luke, figuring it out. <laughs> right. Speaking of the numbers, I mean, I pulled up the lineup that Hani mentioned uh, has played 52 minutes. It was Ball, KCP, Ingram, Kuzma, Randall. Has played 52 minutes, and they have a net rating of plus 28.4. Uh, a defensive rating of 81.7. So I think, as you guys have said, I mean, ideally you start Kuzma, you start Lopez, and then after five minutes you pull Lopez, put in Randall, and then basically use Lopez as your next big man, play him with the reserves in the second unit, Mm -hmm. Um, and he can still provide the spacing that, Kuzma used to with the reserves and whatnot and just kind of use them that way. Um, kind of just starter and name alone and have Randall play the big minutes um, because that lineup, as Hani said, it's pa- it passes the eye test. And uh, I mean, 52 minutes, uh, they've played in 13 games together. So, I mean, they've played in a significant enough amount that uh, the numbers back up what we're seeing as well. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's not uh, a matter of – to me, it's never – I've never particularly cared about who starts. Right? The Lakers no, – the two finishes. Yeah, it's just it's just understanding who your best five guys are. Mm-hmm. And, like, when, when the Lakers had Powell, Bynum, and Odom, it was pretty crystal clear that the Lakers were best off when you had Powell and Odom on the court together. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the team operated as such. And, and with this team, it's tough because – you do have such a, a fairly level talent level, but it's it's something that this coaching staff twenty a quarter of the way through should know by now. Go ahead, Grant. Oh yeah, I was I was just gonna say, and uh, I, I guess it's kind of forced Luke's hand. We saw it more in the in the Clippers game, but having these guys not be in foul trouble early in the game allows them to to put on their best five guys in Randall and Ingram. And so when, when Ingram stays out of foul trouble tonight, and so is Randall, and they get those fouls kind of sparingly, I mean, they both had respectively five fouls, but, you know, they, they stayed on the court long enough to where, you know, you don't have to tweak your lineup and you don't have to take out your best players. And so and, and as a product of that, you know, Luke was able to keep him out, you know, for a long stretch to close out the second quarter and for a long stretch to close out the fourth and, and all of overtime. Yep. All right. So we're going to, we're going to broaden the, the scope here. The direction that the Lakers are going in right now, we're a quarter of the way through. Uh, I'm going to go guy by guy. I'll start with Grant. Grade them where, where grade the Lakers where they are, not just in terms of straight, you know, ABC or whatever it is, but, but compared to where you thought they would be, 
So right uh, on the curve, I guess. Yeah, comparatively, I mean, I'd put them, you know, maybe at a, a B plus. Mm-hmm. I think that you no, know, there's there's obvious rooms there's obvious room for improvement in in Luke's rotations and Lonzo shooting up to this point, even uh, Ingram's jumper and and Randall's willingness to take a jumper and every now and then. But you see just the transformative defense that they've had since last year and the way they're running up and down the court and, and giving them those extra possessions. Now, I, I think that they've come a long way. And at this point, uh, they were 10 and 10 last year. But you know, at the same time, you look at it and this team's built a lot more to be consistent and not a sham. You know, the, as, as soon as the Lakers last year got a significant injury, it went downhill from there. But you see, you know how this how this team picks it up when a guy's out. Like Kuzma's out, you put the ball in Randall and Ingram's hands more, and you see the product of that. And so there's not a next man up mentality, but you know they they pick each other's they pick up each other's slack, and mm-hmm. that's that's a good quality to have. It's good quality, and it comes back to the depth that they've put around each other. And I think that this team's built to succeed more than last year. So I'd, I'd give. I'd give them a B plus to where I thought they were going to be coming into this year. Honey? Yeah, I think based off my expectations, they've been a lot better, even if their record doesn't necessarily indicate that. I think they've played better than their record. Um, I think individual players have just impressed me a lot, like uh, Randall that we've talked about a lot, Kuzma being as good as he is as a rookie, Ingram's improvement. Um, Really, it's... If Brooke Lopez was playing as well as we expected him to play, I think this this would be a team that we'd be talking about being way better than we expected. Yeah, um, and that's really kind of been the biggest black mark on the on the year. And the defense being as good as it is is the most shocking part. And I think it's legitimately good, even if it's not going to be top ten good for the entire year, which I don't think it will be, especially with this stretch of super tough games coming up. But it's basically, I think, for the entirety of the year, going to be an average defense that can, for stretches of a game, lock down and be legitimately great. And um, based off that, I think this has been like a minus ish for me uh, on the curve. <laughs> I, I'm just glad I don't have you guys as as teachers because it just feels really arbitrary. <laughs> minus. Okay. That's how I feel about my actual <laughs> grades too. uh jacob where where would you put i'll I'll ask you a different question so that we don't get uh the echo chamber kind of thing but we remember how we felt about the team that we that the lakers had last year compare that to where the lakers are right now do you feel more confident less confident how do you feel about this team compared to last year's team which was 10 and 10 oh i'm honestly i'm way more confident um because this seems more sustainable. Uh, It's not how I would have expected it to go at all, but the Lakers are eighth in defense and 28th in offense. Um, And it was was probably the exact opposite at this time last year. Um, And it's – I mean, building around the defense the way they have, um, as I said, it makes it more sustainable – Um, I mean, if Lonzo just starts knocking down shots or if Lopez just starts playing basketball at all, (laughs) yeah, remembers how to play Lopez, stops playing like Robin and starts playing like Brooke, um, (laughs) then 
I mean, that offensive rating starts going up. So uh, I'm way more – I think this team's in a much better position than the team was this time last year. I would I would tend to agree. And I think I think it's it's a better roster. I think Julius Randle is a completely different player than he was last year. Brandon Ingram obviously is a completely different player than he was last year. The Lakers didn't have a KCP on their team. Jordan excuse me, Jordan Clarkson has been significantly better than he was last year. And and Hani, I thought you put it really well in saying that uh, yes, the record doesn't show. I don't even know. I don't. I I've never really cared about. Uh, it's going to be weird when we start having to care about the Lakers' record. That's going to be kind of odd. Uh, yeah. But but I, the Lakers' record to me doesn't mean nearly as much. The progress that they have made across the board, basically, and we haven't seen anybody really regress in ways that you know would 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 alarm anybody. Even somebody like Larry Nance Jr., who has missed time this year. And has not kept up with the progress that his counterpart Julius Randle has made. Uh, he, to me, if you're going to call somebody disappointing on the team, it would be him. But even he is somebody who I know multiple teams are calling about. <laughs> I'm very interested in, uh, in in Julius Randle, especially the good teams. So uh, I would, I, if I had to give him a grade, I'd give him a, a solid B. I would agree with what Jacob said about this team being better than last year's team and, and their success so far being more sustainable, even if it isn't as uh, statistically as impressive as it was last year. I, I like the direction that the Lakers are going in. And I thought I, at no point tonight was I disappointed in the way that I thought the, the game was going to go. It was a fun game. They challenged the Warriors team and they did that without their best score and the Warriors were at full strength. So if you, all right. If I would have bet any of you a significant amount of money that the Lakers would find themselves in overtime in this game, nobody takes that bet, or everybody takes that bet, right? Well, well, I mean, they're they're really good for one for one win a year. Maybe against a different team. We didn't have Marcelo Huertas this year, so I probably would have taken or wouldn't have taken the bet because he was the uh, the Curry stopper. But yeah, we were good for one good game against the Warriors. They'll come out and beat us by like 40 next game. Yeah. I wouldn't have taken the bet because I wouldn't have taken the bet because I don't have a significant amount of money. So (laughs) (laughs) That's not how betting works. You just bet and figure it out later. Man, he is Hani is not part of this big blogger brand lifestyle. Now given 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 that Hani's from Nevada, like he knows about loan sharks and stuff. I'm, you, you see how dark my apartment is? I'm actually being held hostage by a loan shark right now. Please send help. Well, best of luck to Hani in, in getting out of that situation. I'm Anthony Irwin. I was happy to, to be joined by Grant Goldberg, Hani, that guy from Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> Jacob Rude. Harrison was out tonight. Uh, he kind of late for a night at the uh, at the day spa but you do you bud you you do you out there uh, he's he's out with draft like symptoms <laughs> yeah. do they have 24 exactly. hour day spas in uh in LA? oh yeah I, I, yeah i'm sure they do i answered that way too happily i'm gonna get out of here before i wind up divorced i am anthony irwin find <laughs> the show on megaphone slash panoply itunes tune in stitcher today's fast break spotify alexa 
Lakers Nation and Lakers Outsiders. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Thanks, guys, for, for hopping on with me. Uh, fun game from the Lakers, and we'll be back at it again tomorrow. Shout out to Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> Why?